Good afternoon and welcome to today's COSIDA Capital One Continuing Education Teachable Tuesday webinar. Today's topic revolves around you, the student assistants and interns, for our Student You webinar. Before we begin, we'd like to say a quick thank you to two of our corporate partners, Capital One and ASAP Sports. Capital One is the presenting sponsor of our Continuing Education and Professional Development series, while ASAP Sports provides the full official transcript of each monthly webinar. As a reminder, the webinar and the ASAP Sports transcript will be posted later today on CoSIDA.com and in CoSIDA Connect, our membership's online community. Please look for the links in the Connect resource library off the main page. We'll also have this as a podcast and you'll be able to download it from the services listed on CoSIDA.com. During this webinar today, you can ask your questions live to the presenters. Please use the chat box, which you'll find on the right side of the portal. If you have questions for our presenters, please know that we will save time at the end of this webinar to address them. So you can go ahead and send them to, to us now and we'll get to them as soon as time allows. Uh, we have each of our presenters will come on the screen uh, throughout the, the discussion today. Uh, presenting on today's webinar are Jordan Ballard, uh, Athletic Communications Assistant at West Texas A&M and this year's COSIDA Postgraduate Scholarship recipient. AJ Forbes, Executive Operations Intern at The Trust, powered by the NFL Players Association and Andrew Miniman, Director of Athletic Communications at Covenant College and a member of the COSIDA U Committee, as well as COSIDA's Director of Membership Engagement, Lori Bolick. To start off today, we're gonna to ask each panelist to briefly discuss their responsibilities and how their experiences undergraduates serve them in their current positions. We will start with Andrew. Yeah, uh, so I'm in my eighth year here at Covenant College, and uh, for those who have never heard of Covenant College, we're a small Division three institution uh, outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee, and for the most of my time here at Covenant, I have been a one-man shop, so I have to know how to do everything. So I do a little bit of graphic editing, uh, video editing, stats. I oversee about 16 student workers on an annual basis. Um, they help me actually just cover the games. Um, if you name it, I do it here at Covenant College. Um, I got into this field uh, right after uh, graduating from Covenant College. Uh, got in uh, when I was an undergrad at Covenant. Uh, worked for the Sports Information Office a little bit and parlayed that experience uh, into the role that I have now. But I do a little bit of everything, and most everybody at the Division Three level can uh, relate with that. You work at a small school, NAI school, D2, D3. Um, you got to wear a lot of hats, so uh, it's a fun but uh, challenging uh, field to be in. All right, thank you very much. Jordan, would you like to tell us a little bit about your perspective? Sure, uh, so my name's Jordan. I go to a Division II school in the Lone Star Conference at West Texas A&M. Um, I'm a graduate assistant. I'm a first-year graduate assistant. I moved here from South Dakota. I went to Black Hill State uh, where I was a sports information assistant. And before that, I was the sports information intern before I got promoted my senior year. And here I just do, um, like Andrew said, a little bit of everything, graphic design, game notes, uh, press releases, I work with the media a lot, and I cover men's soccer, cross country, and softball out here. All right. and. Uh... AJ, while your job is not uh, specifically uh, an athletic communication or sports information role, there certainly are uh, a lot of uh, skills and background that you picked up as an undergrad that inform what you're doing now. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm an intern at the Trust, which is located in the NFL Players Association here in Washington, D.C. And uh, 
Yeah, I, I wear a variety of hats as well. And among those is I help with graphics. That's something I picked up. So whether that be creating PowerPoints for events or stuff for social media, um, that's a skill that transferred. And then also do a lot of interviews, player to player interviews or me to player interviews where we put them on our website for spotlights and to kind of showcase what um, they're doing post football. So. All right, uh, and Lori, we've heard uh, already uh, several of our panelists talking about uh, you know all the different hats they have to wear and then different responsibilities that come up. And um, tell us a little bit about uh, the nature of, of some of the positions that people pick up as students um, and, and how they translate uh, and how they stay with you uh, even as you move into a full-time position. Sure, thanks, Clark. Um, so while a lot has changed since I was in your shoes as an undergrad and, and maybe thinking about athletic communications, um, there is one thing that hasn't changed, and that is when you volunteer as a student uh, in an athletic communications office, um, typically you're gonna be given the jobs that nobody else wants to do, right? You are the lowest person on the totem pole, and you'll probably be sitting at some desk um, labeling photos, you know, 1,500 photos from a cross-country meet or something that, that nobody wants to do. So um, I guess is to be, to be ready to work is a piece of advice that I would give and, and, and also a chance for you to say, hmm, this is the job I wanna do uh, for a living. I know that when SIDs give student workers um, the worst job ever, it's to see how they handle that, what their attitude is, if they can do it, um, how, how efficient they are in doing it, uh, what kind of questions they ask as a result of needing to know how to do it. Um, so even though you may think you're just sitting there labeling photos, um, you know, your, your athletic communications professional is watching how you do that. So um, know that you're, you're gonna get those jobs and then also know that if you actually are hired as an assistant in a sports information office, those jobs don't go away. And we are sort of the, you know, um, everybody helps everybody. So what you what you did as a student, you may end up having to do again as an assistant uh, because we are all in this together and, and those jobs still have to be done. So be ready to work and be ready to do those jobs that you may not uh, think are very fun, but know that they have a very, they play a very key role in whether you'll be a success in this profession. Clark? Yes, you are, you are always being evaluated. It's a very important point to make, Lori. Um, as, as each of you uh, here on our panel today um, thought about uh, a career in athletic communications but during the time that you were a student, um, can you point to one or two things that maybe you would have liked to know at that point that you didn't that, that might have been helpful? Uh, Andrew, we'll start with you. Yeah, so when I was the freshman here at Covenant College, I had some connections already and I uh, got in and started working for the, for the sports information team my freshman year. Um, it's, it's a very busy field. Um, you are constantly always on call, ready to do something. And I really got uh, a lot of that uh, my final semester of my senior year. Um, our SID at the time decided to leave for another opportunity. And there was nobody on the full-time staff that really knew how to keep an SID team together and know what to do, how to run a website, um, except for me, as senior. Um, so my final semester of a senior of my senior year, I have a full class load, and I was also maintaining the the basics of the SID office. And right then and there, I knew um, this takes a lot of work. 
Um, I was working over 20 hours a week just as a student, uh, maintaining just the basic level stuff of stats and stories and a little bit of social media. Um, so that, that one hit me big time. And that's what uh, somebody has to know before you get into this profession is that it's not a normal 40 hour a week job. It's not nine to five Monday through Friday. It's basically all the time, uh, seven days a week, uh, for at least nine or 10 months during the academic year. Um, so you have to be willing to give up a lot of your weekends to go to your job. Um, now it's great. You get to watch sports, get to talk about sports. Uh, but it's a lot of time commitment. So that's something that uh, students, you know, if this is something that you want to do, um, be be aware of that and get some experience now and see if it's something that actually fits. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, do you mind asking the question again? My my feet actually cut out. For a oh bit. yes, certainly. Um, you know, when you were a student, what are what are one or two things that maybe you would have liked to know at the time that you didn't that would have helped you out? Okay, thank you. Um, I think the, um, I heard an expression, like a great expression was kind of like be a duck, um, that on the surface you have to seem calm and that you kind of have everything together, whereas under the water you're just paddling hard. And when I, my first three years as an intern, I was also playing softball at the time. So I was going to school playing softball and was working every sport that wasn't softball. And I saw my SIDs just kind of have everything together, but once I got promoted to being an assistant, I realized that you know you're you're constantly working, and there there are some struggles that you just kind of have to keep working through, and um, just kind of you know grind, you're doing the grind work, and but through everybody else's eyes, you're you look like you have everything together, and so I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I learned is that you're just um, you're kind of putting on a little bit of a face, but you're just working hard through it. Oh, great. And, uh, and AJ for you. Yeah. Um, I think one that I would have liked to know earlier was that, uh, not everyone's going to tell you good job, like even, even your superiors. <laughs> um, and I'll relate back to Lori's point of, uh, you know, labeling 1500 photos, you know, or something along those lines of a tedious job. You know, if you do that, you you might not get a, you know, good job just because you did it. And I think that's kind of how, especially where you're located, how they kind of filter out, you know, people who think they want to work in sports and thinks just sports sound cool and filter them out to people who actually love, love sports and want to work in this industry. So it's just knowing that, you know, you get out of it, what you put into it and just got to you know, keep your foot on foot on the gas, so. Great. Um, now, opportunities to get your foot in the door and establish yourself in this industry uh, take on di many different forms. Um, some of them are, are paid, but some of them are not. Some are volunteer positions. Um, uh, let's uh, come back to each one of you and, and talk a little bit about um, you know, how you went about finding opportunities and, and taking advantage of them. Uh, whether they were paid or not. AJ, we'll start with you. Um, I think you have a, a, a bit of a story there. Yeah, so I feel like I've done a variety of things that are unpaid, and that's just kind of how it turned out. I started with um, the University of Northern Iowa, get involved with their athletic program, just uh, athletic communications, um, volunteered there by simply walking up and just asking if they needed help. 
Um, I went to the football the next year and asked them if they needed help. And then again, not everybody told me good job, but once I started helping out more, um, I was able to add a value. So again, it was just approaching somebody and showing that you wanted to learn. And I feel like if you, you remember that you're talking to a human, you know, they'll be willing to give you an opportunity. Um, and then I even had an internship where I had to pay for it, which you know, it's almost like I was a customer, right? Um, but, you know, to get that, there was a high application pool, but I was able, I with the coordinator, I'd shot her an email about six to eight months prior, just inquiring about it, asking questions, um, because I was curious, and that way I could at least, you know, make my name more recognizable when the application process came about, you know, the following year, so. Great. Um, Jordan, do you have any experience with volunteer positions? Yeah, um, actually was a volunteer intern for um, a national pro fast pitch team, NPF team, uh, Scrapyard Dogs, back in 2017, before they left. And I was living in South Dakota at the time as an undergrad, and then saw an opportunity on Facebook that they're looking for unpaid interns, and said, you know what, I really want to work in sports, and I didn't get the position that I applied for. I got a game day operations, but I moved down to Houston, Texas, a little 24 hour drive and, you know, saved up some, saved up as much money as I could and moved down. And um, I honestly want to say that that job opened so many doors for me. Um, I ended up being the only intern to travel with a team. Um, and it was, it was a crazy experience, but not being paid, it stuck, you know, you're living in a brand new state. Uh, I've never lived in Texas before until now. And I had no money and was just kind of, I was there working 17 hours. So it wasn't like I could just go pick up a little side job, but it was probably the greatest experience that I've ever had. And I wouldn't have changed it. Uh, Andrew, what, uh, what, what might you have to share uh, as far as uh, volunteer uh, positions are concerned? Uh, just like what AJ and Jordan said, uh, you know, being proactive is the key here. Um, if you want to get in, you want to make connections, you have to go out and seek those opportunities. They're all around you, but you have to go and seek them. Um, before my junior year uh, as an undergrad, I decided that sports information was going to be the career for me. And uh, I did not have, because of my situation as a student, I did not have any work study or anything like that. I was not obligated to work at all, but I decided that this was the career for me and that the only way to move forward in my career was to be proactive and go get experience. So I emailed the SID at the time. I said, just use me for whatever you want to use me for. Um, and that started a, a two year journey, me working at Covenant as a student um, and learning everything. And without that, uh, I would not be where I am today. Clark. Uh, yes, Lori. Could I add something? Absolutely. Um, thank you. So I just um, I just pulled together a story for COSIDA 360, which is on COSIDA.com. And um, we asked members in their 20s a lot of different questions about the profession, about going to school, uh, just similar to one of the questions our panelists just answered about what did you wish you know you knew back then. Um, so a lot of the comments centered around uh, not knowing about the profession until they were almost done with college uh, or waiting until their senior year to volunteer. 
and get experience. And I think what all three of the panelists have talked about is very important. Um, you know, even if you are a senior, it's not too late, um, but you have to go and ask people, what can I do for you? Do you need help? I'll do it for free. Um, I have Saturday afternoons, what, whatever your pitch is. Um, and, and the earlier in your career as an undergrad, the better, because, um, you know, if you approach an SID uh, at the end of your freshman year as you're leaving and they say, yeah, come back in the in the fall and we'll see what we can find for you. Um, you know, you've established a relationship that's going to be a three year. Um, it could be a three year uh, commitment to athletic communications that, as you know, Andrew pointed out, you will have an amazing amount of experience. Um, but I did want to say it's OK if you're a senior and you haven't done that yet, because some of you may not have even known athletic communications was an option. But before you step off campus, before you get your diploma and leave, go ask somebody, how can I help you? Tell me what you do, even if they don't have a job, just take 10 minutes of their time and, and ask them, um, you know, tell me exactly what you do. I, I'm interested in what you do. And then follow up with a thank you after. Clark. Uh, Lori, while we're with you, um, what, you wanna talk a little bit about, you know, one of the greatest resources that you can come from some of these in, uh, internship, internships and experiences uh, is the networking value. Um, tell, talk a little bit about uh, kind of the value of networking and um, why it's so important as, as something to take away uh, from each of the experiences that someone has in their career. Sure. Um, well, I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about it because I am going to throw it to AJ because he has a fantastic networking story that I'd like for him to share. Um, but I will say that sports is a very circular world, right? Uh, who I met 30 years ago in this profession uh, when I left it uh, for years, uh, never, never dreamed I'd work with them again, came back uh, into the profession and, you know, some of the same people are here. So it is a very circular uh, profession. You're, you're, uh, it's, it's certainly best to uh, do your best not to burn bridges uh, because you are likely going to uh, run into the people that you work with, you know, at every level uh, again somewhere and they're likely to be extremely helpful for you. Um, so AJ, if you don't mind, do you, would you like to tell your story about contacting Pete Morris? Yeah. Um, so when I was probably 10 years old, I went to the Kansas City Chiefs training camp um, as a fan, as a kid. Um, and I met Pete. Uh, his name is Pete Morris. He is one of the communications guys, the football communication guys at Virginia Tech. And uh, at the time, he was um, the head communications guy for Kansas City. And he showed me and my dad around. Um, he was very, you know, nice to us, um, you know, gave us a tour of the facilities and basically just gave a lasting impression on me um, to where I even remember telling my dad, hey, I want to do what Pete does. And then my dad telling me, we'll worry about that when we cross that bridge someday. And so, you know, fast forward to my junior year, so about three years ago. Um, junior of college, I decided I wanted to get into athletic communications. So I followed up with Pete. I sent him an email. Um, you know, I was like, I don't know if you remember me, but I met you, you know, this time years ago and I asked him for some advice. And he basically gave me three things. He says, get involved with your athletic communications department, pick up graphic design, <laughs> and then get an internship with Kansas City Chiefs at their training camp. And, you know, a year later, I had knocked all of those out and, you know, that was the training camp 
uh, internship I had that I had to pay for that I mentioned earlier. So, you know, upon finishing those, I filed back up. And then from that point on, we've been in touch. You know, last year I went to the NFL Combine at, on behalf of media and I was able to get him an interview um, of one of his players for Virginia Tech. And so, again, it's just kind of that relationship. It just comes full circle from when I was 10 years old to last year when I'm recording someone from Virginia Tech, you know, one of their players, an interview for him. So, um, you know, that was probably one of my most rewarding experiences. And I also don't want to make it sound like, you know, you have to know someone for 10 years for it to happen too, because that's a, that's a, an outlier. Um, as far as, you know, meeting people, networking, I've had plenty of people that have, you know, I've written the handwritten let wrote the handwritten letters. You know, I did that last week, you know, I've crafted the emails and it's all about, you know, it's do you follow up and you remember that you're talking to a human on the other side and show that you, you want to learn. So. Uh, Jordan, uh, can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, some of the networking uh, opportunities that have come from these different positions that you've had and the importance of, of really developing and maintaining those relationships? Yeah. Um, so with uh, the internship that I did down in Houston, uh, I still talk to a bunch of people that I worked with and even the players that I worked with. Um, I'd say that I followed up on on social media a lot just to kind of check out and you know ask how their families are doing and when uh, doing that follow-up I remembered um, one of my one of my employers she was the uh, direct, uh, manager of the team at the time and she I asked her if, uh, reached out to her a couple couple years later and just said hey I'm applying for a new job as a media intern for this baseball team. I don't know if you remember me. Would you be willing to be a, a contact for me um, and be one of my uh, references? And she reached out and was like, oh my gosh, how are you? What's up? Like, what's going on in the world? How's everything going? And immediately she's like, oh, I wouldn't even second guess it. Yes, I would love to be a reference for you. And she's been a reference now for three years after that I did this internship and I'd like to say she helped me get to the job that I'm at right now as well but yeah constantly keep up with you know it doesn't seem like much but in the end it means so much and can lead you to like greater opportunities. Uh, Andrew taking a little bit of a different perspective now that you're uh, running your own office um, talking about you know the the instinct that that many of us have in the in the industry uh, of wanting to be a, a resource and be helpful to uh, to the next generation uh, of communication professionals. Can you talk a little bit about that from your perspective? Yeah, in, in this industry, um, people are very willing to help the next generation of people come through. Um, if you show a desire to be in the industry and you reach out, um, people want to help. Um, I'm doing that a little bit right now. I've got my own student workers. Uh, some of them have some desire to do something related uh, in sports. Um, and then I've also taken on some other interns. Um, I have an intern who is uh, from another school uh, who needs to uh, get his internship hours uh, for his major. And uh, he reached out to me. And of course, I said, yeah, absolutely. Come work for me. Come shadow me. Come, sh come see uh, what we do here at Covenant. 
Um, and now I can be a, a connection for him and a network for him as he finishes up uh, his schooling and moves into something in the sports field. So um, yeah, again, just reach out because we want to help uh, people find this profession, get connected in the profession and succeed. Uh, once again, for all of our attendees, uh, we are taking questions uh, at the uh, the chat window at the bottom right uh, corner of your screen. Uh, we still have, uh, you know, we have plenty of time to address those, so keep those coming in if you have them. Um, I'll be able to open up to the this topic. Yes, yes, go ahead. And uh, just as part of networking and the follow up, you know, that is one of the biggest reasons that I'm literally in this building, but actually at, on this webcam as well, um, with because I met Lori you know, last year when I was volunteering in Kansas City for one of the basketball tournaments. And since then, you know, I just stayed in touch with her. And, you, you know, you never know what something's going to lead to. So just a simple follow up, you know, staying in touch, asking questions. You might not be able to see the results now, but, you know, someday you will thank yourself later. So. Certainly a, a good point to make. Um, you know, as each of you were approaching uh, graduation, you know, as if you don't have enough to do, you're still you're also trying to, to set yourself up for a career. Um, you know, during that that process of, of transitioning from being an undergrad to uh, either a graduate assistant or or a professional, um, what kind of steps did you take to to kind of you know prepare yourself for that and make sure that you were ready to take that next step? Uh, Jordan, we'll talk, start with you. Um, I think. Both between graduations, I graduated last May and then moved down to Texas um, right away in August. I did an internship with another with a baseball team again and just kind of I didn't want to take a summer off um, in transition to get ready for the next step that I was doing. So I, like, I want to make sure that I'm constantly working on my graphic design and I'm constantly, you know, writing recaps if I need to, working with the media, working with players. I didn't want to take that time off in between. Uh, just because, you know, you're, this game is constantly changing and you just got to, um, it's so fast paced, you, it's hard, it, you can easily get behind in any aspect of it. And so I just wanted to keep going. And I think as long as you're always willing to be a student, you're, you're set, you're good to go. Uh, and AJ? Yeah. Um... You know, some of the steps that I took, I mean, it was a, you know, I'll be honest, when I was just about to graduate, which is last year, you know, this time, and I feel like I'm about to do it again, you know, because I'm ending this internship, right, in May. So it's kind of like I graduated and I'm ending this internship. So I'm kind of back in that circle. But, you know, it, it was a pretty stressful time as far as figuring out what do I really want to do and what am I settling for. And so just I meant to prepare you know, I just made goals every day. I had weekly goals as well. I wrote them down. You know, if I want to get to this industry, you know, who do I need to reach out to? Who do I need to learn from? And, you know, I would send emails. I would send handwritten letters to the people. I would, you know, try to do maybe three to five a day and try to gain momentum with it. That way, at the end of the week, you know, I had sent all these out and, you know, I was so worried about trying to bat a thousand and get 21 responses in a week when really I only need just a few because all it takes is one person to really you know, at least offer you a job or offer you time to call and talk about something. So it was trying to get ahead of that. And so when a position came available, you know, that I was ready for that opportunity. We do have a question in that I think uh, would be great to direct to Andrew. So, uh, you know, since you do have experience, uh, um, you know, working in this industry, even as a high school student, 
Um, for, for high school students uh, who are interested in, in pursuing um, pursuing uh, working as a, as a student assistant uh, or an intern uh, once they get to college, uh, what are the most important things uh, that they should do to make sure they're ready for that? Yeah, do what you can right now. Um, most SITs, uh, when they're hiring students, at least in my case, um, they don't expect the freshman to know anything. Um, and that's okay. So once you get to college, go ahead and reach out to that SID. Maybe even before you step foot on campus next August, reach out to the SID. If you have any work study that you can work into that, great. If not, maybe you can find some time to volunteer. But most SIDs, they don't, they don't anticipate um, new students coming in having any experience. So that's all right. If you have experience coming in, great. If you've just even run a scoreboard for your high school team in any sport, or you've kept a scorebook for baseball or softball. That's tremendous experience right there. Um, but you're going to come in very green, and that's all right. And that SID will be able to train you. And SIDs love getting good workers as freshmen because they see that and they go, I can have this person maybe for four years. And in four years from now, this person is going to be great and almost be like my full time assistant. Um, so be ready to work, um, bring in whatever experience you can, but definitely reach out to that SID on the college that you're going to um, really as soon as you can. Yes, Lori. Clark, um, and I would just fast forward to um, the, the question originally asked about um, steps to take as you're approaching graduation. And I think one of the things um, that you have to frame up in your mind is, are you willing to go back to school? and go to graduate school because there are lots of um, grad assistant positions. Uh, Jordan is an example of somebody who um, said, yeah, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna keep going on in school, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, but then there are also internships um, and full-time positions and you don't have to go to grad school. If you are done with school as an undergrad, don't, not interested. Um, actually, I did that, AJ did that, right? I didn't go to grad school right, af right uh, after I graduated undergrad, I went to work. Um, Andrew did that as well. So you don't have to, um, you know, I guess keep your options open and know what you're willing to do because an extra two years of school, some of that may be paid for, you may have to pay for some of that, an internship, um, probably not going to pay a lot you know you don't want to you probably don't want to think about an internship unless you can afford to you know foot your living expenses or get a second job uh, at a restaurant like AJ um, so so there is that you know kind of getting in your head what you're willing to do once you get that degree that undergrad degree what your next step might be uh, Andrew, talk to us a little bit about the the COSIDA U camp, uh, which is slated to take place uh, this year's convention in Las Vegas. Uh, it's uh, specifically geared toward uh, uh, undergraduate and graduate students. Talk to us a little bit about what uh, attendees might be able to expect at that. Yeah, so June 6th and 7th uh, in Las Vegas, uh, COSIDA U camp. This is an immersive experience for students, both undergraduate and graduate, and even brand new SIDs. So if you're very new to the field, this could be something for you as well. Uh, this is a time for you to come together and um, learn some technical skills of the industry, but also get to network and connect with SIDs from all over the country. Um, it's a, it's a one-day seminar and then a second-day kind of uh, networking opportunity. 
Um, that first day is filled with a whole bunch of uh, seminars. Uh, you're going to get hands-on training in uh, graphic design and video editing, stats, how to write a good story, how to write a good game recap, um, how to conduct and run a press conference. Uh, these are some of the things that you're going to get uh, to know. Also, bring your resume because we're going to be looking at resumes and helping you um, tailor those resumes to the jobs that you want. Uh, but then, you know, the, the COSADI U committee that, uh, that I'm a part of, uh, we're sending our committee members out there. So you're going to get to meet about 15 or 20 SIDs right there all day on January, uh, um, June 6th, rather. Um, but the, the really cool thing about this is you get to network with those people all day on June 6th. But then this year, the camp overlaps with the first day of the COSIDA convention, the main big convention in Las Vegas. And attendees to COSIDA U camp will be able to attend that first day of the COSIDA convention. And this is a great opportunity. You're going to hear from members of the COSIDA board, from the Veterans Committee, people who have been in this industry for a very long time. And, and then you'll be able to go to some of the sessions that the regular attendees to the COSIDA convention will be at. You'll be in a room with several hundred SIDs. You'll be able to rub elbows with anybody that you want. Um, and that's a huge thing for people trying to break into the industry. Make some connections, uh, get a network together. You'll be able to talk with people who are probably hiring a GA or an assistant or an intern. Um, you'll be able to meet with them and talk with them. Um, so this is this is a great opportunity. Uh, you can register right now at cosida.com. It's underneath the professional development tab, I believe. Um, when we ran this camp a couple of years ago, many of the attendees at that camp are now professionals in this industry. In fact, my part-time assistant was at the Cosida U camp a couple of years ago. Um, but there are several others who are in the industry now and attending that camp was part of their journey towards making it into this industry and making those connections and honing their skills. So it's a really uh, unique opportunity for students uh, to come and learn some tools of the trade that you need, uh, but also get to know some SIDs who've been around a long time that are maybe looking to hire or at least giving you some really good uh, advice about what you should be doing as you move on in your career. So COSIDA U Camp, register now at uh, COSIDA.com. Great. Before we wrap up, we've got a couple of questions that are coming in that uh, we'd like to go ahead and address. Uh, this first one, we'll start with Jordan. Um, what are some of the skills um, that are a must for somebody who uh, maybe might be finishing college right now and, and looking for their first job in the field? Um, I know AJ pointed this out is like graphic design is a huge thing right now. Um, even if you're not completely skilled in it, just knowing the basics of it and just kind of getting an idea of what you want to work with. Um, I think that's huge right now. Um, writing writing will always be something that you need to know how to do and um, then also i would say if you have a little bit of experience with stats um not you know if you know i think if you could know one sport in specific um you can always learn how to do them i learned this year just how to do soccer stats and i'm still learning how to do soccer stats but 
I had a really good background with softball and that helped um, land this position because the opening was for men's soccer cross country and softball, but I played softball. So if you have experience with at least just one, I think you're set, you're good to go, but you need to learn to do others as well. All right, and um, Andrew, uh, would you like to take, uh, take a swing at that? Uh, yeah, similar to what uh, Jordan pointed out, um, knowing sports, uh, if you can do stats for, multi for multiple sports, that's great, but even just knowing about the sport and really knowing about the unique or not as well-known sports can be really helpful as well. So knowing about volleyball, knowing the rules of the game, if you can keep stats, that's great, but at least knowing what you're going to be talking about when you start writing. Um, lacrosse, field hockey, those those great sports that we have, but not as many people understand them. Everybody understands basketball. Everybody loves football. But if you can know those other sports, you can market yourself really well because a lot of these assistant positions, GA spots, like what Jordan's finding out is, you know, you're not going to get the big time sport to cover. You're going to get these other sports that not as many people follow. Um, so knowing those is, is going to be beneficial in your job search. Thank you so much. Um, the next question, uh, I think this would be a great one for, for Lori to take on. One of the things that um, gives some uh, potential SIDs uh, pause as they consider whether they're going to enter this uh, field or not is uh, you know, the, the hours uh, that it requires you to put in. Um, and, and concerns about work-life balance. Uh, could you talk a little bit about um, some of that and then some of the strategies that uh, you know of um, that people use to kind of uh, inject some work-life balance into what they're doing? Sure, thanks. Um, it's a great question and it is um, certainly a hot topic in this field uh, for everybody. So um, there's a lot of conversation on uh, Facebook and in Facebook groups with SIDs about work-life balance. Um, some of the things that I've seen that have been creative um, since uh, I've worked at COSIDA have just been um, SIDs who have had um, very frank and open discussions with their supervisors. And, um, you know, that might not always work, but I feel like it's a great place to start and to say, you know, I, I'm going to spend Saturday and Sunday here at the office. Um, I'd like to take Monday off. I'd like to work from home Monday. I'd like to make sure I take my kid to school on Monday and pick them up after school. So um, I think if you come to your supervisors with some concrete ideas for how to um, shift that balance a little bit in your favor, um, that's a start. Um, I also, and I know that this is so much easier said than done, so please, um, you know, but you got to give it a try, right? Every now and then you have to say, okay, these are the five things I, I'm going to do. And when you're, you know, some coach comes in and says, I want you to do these next 10 things. You're like, great. These are awesome things. Now, which one of these five need to go off the list, right? So I know that uh, it's hard to say, no, not going to do it. Um, but I think that we as professionals have to um, have those grown up discussions and, uh, be very honest with our bosses and uh, and kind of, you know, have your, your non-negotiables when you go into jobs. I think a lot of young people uh, think, okay, I'm going to volunteer one day a month. And, you know, I just, it, I can't take a job that won't let me do that. 
Um, I think having those non-negotiables is a great, uh, a great, you know, bargaining tool, but it's also great uh, for your mental health. And so, you know, you have to stand up for yourself whenever you do have these conversations. Um, now, you know, I would, um, I would also, if, if it's okay, Clark, I will talk about some of our resources, uh, but you might find some, some great information on these topics. Um, so lots of free stuff that COSIDA offers. Um, follow COSIDA on social platforms, right? Not only are we talking about athletic communication stuff, but there's a lot of things about mental health, work-life balance. There are lots of, um, you know, interviewing tips, resume building type things, cover letter information. So be sure and follow uh, COSIDA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we also have a great career center on COSIDA.com. You can post your resume there for free. You can search jobs there beginning here in about um, a month, a month and a half. Um, we will, um, our, our office staff will post um, God, 10, 20 jobs a day, right? So it heats up seriously here in about March and goes through July or August, right? So there'll be new jobs on the job board every day. So I encourage you, that's a great place to, to look. Um, please apply for jobs that you're, um, that you have experience for. Don't, don't apply for the, um, the communications professional at um, UCLA. Um, I'm, I'm assuming most people on this call probably aren't qualified for that yet. So make sure that you match your skills with the jobs that are available. Um, also this professional development, just like this webinar today, this is totally free. We do these at least once a month. Sometimes we have two a month. Um, sign up for those, you'll learn a lot. Now, some things that aren't free uh, and do cost are uh, an undergraduate membership for COSIDA. Um, grad students should consider purchasing an individual membership. Those are a little bit more costly than free, uh, but you do get to be part of a network. And um, one of the, the great benefits for, for people that are just entering our profession is our mentorship program. So uh, that pairs you with a veteran in the industry and it is come it does come with membership. And then, um, uh, Andrew talked about COSIDA U and the camp, and that uh, dovetails into the annual convention. Uh, this year's convention is June 7th through the 10th in Las Vegas at the Mandalay Bay, and registration is open now. Clark? Hey, thank you so much for that. Uh, that's a lot of great information, just important stuff to keep in mind. Um, we're about up uh, at the end of our time here. Uh, we'd like to uh, offer um, any of our panelists to offer any, any final thoughts. Andrew? This is a great profession to be in. I mean, I, I get to watch sports and talk about sports all the time. And this is what I've been doing ever since I was a little kid. So um, it, it comes with its challenges for sure, uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. Um, the, the hours can be tough sometimes. Uh, you do have to try to find that work-life balance. I've got two kids, so I'm dealing with that a lot. Um, but it's it's a great profession to be in with some of the best people that uh, that you can call your friends and colleagues. Uh, there's really really great people in this industry, and uh, it's 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 a great one to be in. Certainly, Jordan. Um, I think mine would just be that there's always going to be opportunities for to work in athletic communications. You just have to be willing to look for them, um, and then also the work work in work balance and life balance. Uh, as a graduate assistant, sometimes I spend, you know, 10 hours at work and then forget that I do have homework <laughs> that I need to do and that I need to get back to being a student as well. So that, you know, you always need to find that balance and it can be hard, but 
you just you got to do it. Uh, AJ? Yeah. Um, I think one would just be, you know, as you're trying to break into this profession or sports, just find the thing that nobody wants to do and, <laughs> and do it. Uh, I mean, I, and I still have that mindset, right? You know, that's what I've been doing today, like with some of the work I've done today. So it's the mindset you just kind of kind of got to have. Um, and then as far as, you know, we talked about balance earlier, um, you know, you, you figure out kind of what works for you. I know for me as an intern, it's like, oh, I'm going to work every single day and I'm going to put up the best product. And then I don't think it was in, you know, between two jobs, I work like 30 days in a row. Then it wasn't until Memorial Day where I had a day off when I realized that, oh, wow, like taking a step back actually improves your productivity. So it's important to find, find a day or a time that you can section off for you. And then if you're in college, you know, finding what works for you, you know, I had to, between being a student and then volunteering my time, I had a part-time job at a hotel. And when I was debating between where to do my part-time, I could have got more money working at a UPS, you know, a lot more money, but it would have been a lot of work, you know, no, not a lot of breaks. And then if I worked in a hotel, I knew that I would have the final three hours of my shift to sit down and do whatever I needed to do, whether it's homework or graphics or anything like that. So it's something you got to kind of figure out and, you know, you do what works for you. And so I chose the hotel because I knew that when I was there working, I could also work on things, you know, that relate to this field. So. Great. Lori, anything else to add? Yeah, I guess my parting shot would just be that nothing really takes the place of experience. So find an office on campus, in athletics, whatever makes you happy and go into work every day and get the experience that will help you get your next job. Mark. All right. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone for joining today's really informative session. We also want to extend our thanks once again to our corporate partners, Capital One and ASAP Sports for their continued support of our professional development series. Uh, a reminder, you can catch the uh, on-demand webinar and ASAP Sports transcript on Cosida Connect, which is our membership portal later this afternoon. Thank everyone for joining us today. We look forward to you attending all of our professional development webinars and content throughout the year. A reminder that registration is open for the 2020 COSIDA Convention, the COSIDA U Camp, and the Sidearm Sports Leadership Forum, as well as all social and community service events surrounding the convention. Thanks again for joining us.